What's up, Dreadfuls? This is your co-host, Chris, and welcome to another episode of Left for Dread. So just a disclaimer, this is supposed to be our Pet Cemetery special as part of our ongoing Stephen King marathon. However, my schedule has been so slammed with conventions, and I've been traveling a lot, so this week I didn't have any time to record an episode with Ryan. So until I get back, the Pet Cemetery episode is going to be on hold. But we have a consolation for you. This is an Old Banked episode. This was our review of the fantastic J.J. Abrams film, Overlord. So we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we loved recording it. Also, another disclaimer and apology. I really apologize for the quality of my audio track. This was at a time where my laptop got completely uh, shot and it took me literally like two months to get it repaired so i was recording this on my iphone other than that it's still a fun episode so i hope you enjoy and don't forget stay dreadful What's up, Dreadfuls? Welcome to another episode of Left for Dread. This is episode 21. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Ryan. Today, we are reviewing a, a really, really awesome uh, B-rated film. Uh, it came out a couple weeks ago, but... It came out last week. Did it? No. Didn't it just open? I thought it came out like two weeks ago. Oh, Okay. Well, I mean, it's very recent. It's still, it's, it can still find in theaters as of this recording. It is Overlord, and it's awesome. And my gosh, just I'm mean, bearing the lead. It's a, it's a great Nazi zombie movie. Oh my god, it's so good though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very good. And I, I've been waiting for this film for like I don't know, like at least half a year or more. This is the, this is the movie that. Everybody thought was going to be connected to Cloverfield, right? And it wasn't. Yes. So um, it's interesting because I think a little, a little bit, maybe it was like the week after or two weeks after, where J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot Pictures, um, they did. Oh, I'm sorry, Bad Robot Productions. Uh, they did this um, sudden Netflix movie drop where they. JJ kept uh, kept it under wraps and announced that the Cloverfield Paradox would be released on Netflix, and uh, no one knew about it. And then a little bit afterwards, um, they revealed the name of the next film called Overlord, and this movie was directed by Julius Avery, um, and it was it was produced by JJ. Now. I I don't know I I I swear I mean I, memory is weird I swear that JJ Abrams mentioned that this was connected to the Cloverfield um but maybe maybe like someone maybe like some reporters misinterpreted and just extrapolated it as related to the Cloverfield franchise but I think uh in September of this year uh during during a Comic-Con or some other expo, J.J. clarified that this movie wasn't 
part of the Cloverfield franchise, and it was just a standalone. Uh, Did and that I had bum two, you out? I had, okay, well, I was of two different minds, because on one hand, I if, if Overlord was definitely like a backdoor Cloverfield movie, it would have totally still made sense with the larger... Uh, extended universe so for those who don't know or haven't seen the cloverfield paradox it's basically like the the like the third second or third act reveal basically made it so all the other cloverfield movies so the the og cloverfield and 10 cloverfield lane were all connected so with the cloverfield paradox it was basically the space station that had this particle accelerator device on there and these scientists were testing it so they could produce infinite energy because the world was dying and instead the space station was teleported to a parallel dimension because of this weird experiment with the um like the hadron collider what's what you have you machine um and they alluded to this theory in the movie called the cloverfield paradox where they were saying how the the device goes wrong it had the potential to open up wormholes um and create weird phenomena or allow like new entities from other dimensions like giving the nazis the ability to make zombies yes so i i thought like so it so how so with the Cloverfield Paradox, it explained how the giant Cloverfield monster appears in New York City and also explains like the, the later like alien invasion in um, 10 Cloverfield Paradox. And I thought like, well, there, there was a specific plot point in the Paradox movie where they said like weird anomalies can happen across space and time. So when Overlook came out, um it was like oh shit like the paradox created some weird anomaly in the past altering the events of world war ii where we had something some weird element or for f- some otherworldly a phenomena that the nazis exploited for to create nazi zombie soldiers and it's like that made total sense and i love i was like yes jj you are amazing and when I found out, like, um, I guess it was, I think it was after after I saw the film, um, that wasn't part of the Paradox fra- or the Cloverfield franchise. Like, I was bummed, but at the same time, I was still really happy because, like, well, e- even by itself, Overlord was just a fun, pulpy, B-rated fun fest, and it just it stood incredibly well on its own feet. Um, even if a sequel isn't made. And I'm not sure how a sequel could, could be. Well, I, mean, I guess I could see some ways, but I think the movie tied up really well in the end. And there's there wasn't a lot of loose ends. Um, I was still really happy. I mean, I would be happy if there was a sequel because yeah, like I just, I just yeah, it was really good. But um, I would be satisfied just as much if it was just Overlord one and done. I was pleasantly surprised by how much i enjoyed the movie however i knew that we were going to be in for a good trip during the opening of that movie yes like oh they my laid that groundwork so well and 
I honestly just had such a blast watching it that I have like no complaints about this movie. I can't even get nitpicky about anything because it was just like it was just fun to watch. It's like a pastiche or collage of like like sixties and seventies World War Two movies plus pulpy horror movies plus zombie movies and it just takes I think it just takes the best parts and just puts it to a blender and like the sum of its parts is better it's it just like all the all these little like influences and mechanics just synergize so well and like the beginning the beginning it's like it, it's like really visceral like saving private Ryan style where they're all these paratroopers are uh, preparing it's like the day before d-day and like the like planes are blowing up in front of them and um you see soldiers get ripped apart due to um aerial flak fire and it's just really gritty and visceral um and it's like a, an assault on all your senses and it's just like oh my god we're we're in and out this is this is great and then and then you had um like i like I was just so instantly attached to the characters. Like they are, even though this movie was like a two hour movie, it like, didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it, and you really got a great sense of who the characters are right at the beginning. And and I just the casting, the casting in this film is in is like off the chain. Um, so uh, we were introduced to our main characters. Uh, Private Ed Boyce, played by Jovan Adepo. My main man, Wyatt Russell, plays uh, uh, Corp- Corporal Ford, who's a dem- demolitions expert. And Wyatt Russell is the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. And um, I think this is his, one of his first major film appearances. Like, the other big claim to fame that I, I can think of is that he was in... One of my all-time favorite Black Mirror episodes, uh, Playtest, that's um, season three, episode one, uh, which is like a giant homage to um, horror games like Silent Hill. That's and, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, oh, I love that episode I knew I so recognized much. him from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he was great. Um, I couldn't figure out where, though, and I was like, why does he look so fucking familiar? Yeah, and I think it was just fantastic. I think this movie is really grooming his chops, or I think it's just showing how how much potential he has. And I think uh, he he definitely does like horror and action well. Um, so and dramas. So I think he has a. Um, I think he's gonna fill his boots nicely, or fill his father's shoes pretty nicely. And then you have oh gosh. Um, Ian De Castecker, he's the paratrooper. He's also a photographer, and he's pretty well known. Like his, his claim to fame is uh, he plays Leo in the Ages of Shield TV show that I don't watch. Uh, I mean, I only watched a few seasons. Um, the only one, the only season I'm really interested was um, it was like season four when uh, Ghost like uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider was on that season. Oh, um okay. yeah and you also have john robert uh magaro who he's a great actor and he what i think one of his pretty 
more more recent iconic roles was uh he plays Charlie Geller in The Big Short. Um, oh, that was also a fascinating movie. Totally not horror related, yes. but it was great. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Um, and oh god, I can't remember the the, the commanding officer. I think uh, was this the sergeant. Uh, I loved him. He was like a mix of a stacker Pentecost from Pacific Rim and and like Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, like it's I just love like, that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like this guy is like this just tough as nails, no nonsense guy who's just giving like a just amazing, uh, kind of tongue in cheek but equally epic, uh, inspirational scene right before they just hit shit hits the fan, and then Chloe. Matilda Olivier, the she's the the leading lady, a French civilian who aids the paratroopers. I loved her. I, I thought she, she was, was great to watch. She, she was awesome, and like she had a great range, and she channeled her inner Ripley, like just taking out the flamethrower and killing that zombie in the end. Fuck it's like yes. oh, so, so good. I immediately looked at Tom and was like, I I want one. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. He's like, okay, I'll get you one for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Yes, do it. Um, so this, like, oh my god, this cast, like, they had great chemistry and they, they, um, they had like really dynamic personalities, and they all played together well. And it was like, oh, just it was so good. So I was looking up things for this movie, just like facts and trivia, and it said, and from what I'm reading, it says that this movie used was more heavily reliant on practical effects than CGI. Yes, yes, please. To get a better reaction from the actors. So if something gruesome happened, it would create a more realistic reaction to something that was happening. And, I mean, people should know by now how you and I feel about practical effects. I love practical effects. I think that they're... They should stick around for much longer because... Even CGI, they're just, we're too heavily reliant on it. And a lot of the things that people waste money on CGI for, you could easily get done very effectively with practical effects. I mean, I think Hollywood has this idea where CGI is cheaper and easier. And like, I guess for, I guess it really depends on what you're looking, like you're trying to shoot for. Like if you're trying to film, you know, like an epic 100,000 strong Lord of the Rings style battle that I can see why CGI would be preferable, but uh, just over-reliance on CGI is just not good. I mean, like like we said before, like the human brain is like very well-trained. Like you could spot out if CGI is like, I mean, the human not getting spot up bad CGI and even good CGI, like, like what they did for Rogue One, um, with Princess Leia or Grandma Tarkin, like it's 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 improved a lot, but you can still like pick it out and like yeah. I but think CGI can never replace the really amazing visceral reactions you get from watching a good practical horror effect. Yeah, and I think it's just it's like you know it's like an art you should preserve and pass on, and you know it's just. And that's why I love, I mean, I, I, I assume, well, actually, I don't really know the director's work that well, like Julius Avery, but J.J. Abrams, you know, and his work on Star Wars, 
uh, with the, the sequels. Uh, I know he was very adamant about doing practical effects and um, going back to that tradition. So maybe maybe part of that vision or that direction um, came from JJ himself. I'm not. Oh, I'd like sure. to think that. Mm-hmm. In your research, do you, do you have any particular specific anecdotes on what was like a really? Like, I'm trying to think of what what scenes were practical. Well, I, what was a really good example of a practical effects? Well, take your final boss for example. That guy was in makeup like five hours a day. Oh, so you, so like so you're saying like the the half of blown off face that was like that's all practical, practical effects. Are you serious? What? Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was all practical. That's cool. That that's that's then that mad respect. Wow, that's awesome. Especially because of the way that moved so it looked. Yeah, so like, good. I look really good. Like I I thought like that was just really 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 good. CGI, like maybe they just had like some green screen prosthetic plastered into the guy's face and they just did some digital painting and uh, deleting. But if that was all makeup, like holy shit, that's that's awesome. Oh, so here's a spoilery trivia effect. And this part was the only part in this movie that made me cringe. Okay. It's when they're up in the attic and they bring Chase back to life, when they snap his neck back. And the bones stick out of his chest. Oh, and then and and like his his neck and back are like kind of fused. Like yeah, it, it, does, it doesn't connect right. It's like, oh, it was so good. That was done by good old fashioned animatronics. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, here's another good one. Okay, you mentioned Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. The movie makes reference to Chloe's last name once in the film. Laurent. That's her last name. This is most likely. Most likely, like, so we're just going to go with yes, it is. Uh, this is most likely a nod to French actress Melanie Laurent, who played Shoshana in the movie Inglorious Bastards. Oh, uh, I, you know, there are no coincidences. I, yes, yes. Oh, you're I just, will, <laughs> it's canon I t- for Chris. It's canon. I would, I would totally buy that. That is great. Um, oh, so let's, let's. Backtrack a little bit. Let's uh, let's uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, shame on you. Go see it. Uh, and two, Chris, and two, we're uh, not supposed to shame them. We're supposed to encourage them to okay, see it. Okay, okay. If you haven't seen it, please, please go watch it while still in theaters. Please. Um. So the base of the the plot premise is pretty simple, but it's es- it's executed like really well. Um. And I like I love movies like that because because you have room to grow with the character development and just like to get into like the gritty horror and the character interplays and stuff. So basically on the Eva D day, there's a paratrooper squad sent down to destroy a German radio tower in an old church. This mission is very, uh, very, very important. The stakes are high because the radio tower is emitting a jamming signal. So with that jamming signal in play, um, the pilots can't coordinate and, uh, the, the 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 entire fate of the operation uh, lies in the balance. So um, most of the, the planes get shot down, and you have this ragtag team of survivors. So you have Corporal Ford, uh, Boyce, Tibbet, Chase, and Dawson, um, who have to um, try to take down this tower. They're assisted by uh, a French woman named Chloe, uh, who... 
uh, takes them to the village and assists them as they're doing recon and as they're trying to figure out the mission. Uh, they discover that uh, the Nazis, led by Captain or Captain Waffer, who definitely falls into similar laurels of evil, super over the top evil uh, Nazis on film in film. So like. Um, Hans Landa from Glorious Bastards. Yeah, or... but I feel like this guy made Hans Landa look like a puppy. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, Waffer, I mean, Va- Hans Landa was insidious, but in like a charming way, like similar to the way that Hannibal is. But Waffner is just like batshit crazy. And... Oh, yeah, and he's a despicable pig of a human. So, yes, yes, true. Hans true Landa facts. would never do that. For obviously, like, racist reasons, but, or anti-Semitic reasons, but, like, he would never be that person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm, all, all this is just to say, like, he, he was a fantastic villain. Yes, like, he agreed. Was just, yes, yes. Um, so, throughout the course of the movie, they, um, Boyce figured off, uh, uh, inadvertently discovers, like, horrific experiments and how this particular town is a epicenter for producing uh, undead Nazi super soldiers. The, sca- the stakes of the mission are even heightened. Oh, so good. It's such a sim- it's it's such a it's a simple storyline. It's very very video game esque. It's like it's like pretty linear, but like the like the journey and the acting and how it's executed and just like little little small nice like like really nice touches like just makes it so wonderfully berated and horror horror film like one of my favorite scenes is where uh Boyce accidentally ends up in the lab and he's he's like what the fuck's going on and and he's he's running around and he finds one of the science centers and yet you, you, they have like these huge like these human-esque creatures in these flesh cocoons that are like moaning and trying to reach out from inside. And then he discovers another uh, reanimated corpse, and it's just a lady with her head <gasps> oh, and a vertebrae. Best. And, oh, and she was just gasping she and was like, just oh, a was, head. It was so good. Oh, no, so it was so good. Yes. So we're clearly biased. We love this movie. <laughs> I just like I said before. I just think that was just like a lot of fun to watch like you just have a blast sitting there watching this and i think that that's sometimes it, that's a rarity when you get something like a, a a period war movie and you get zombies sometimes they tend to go down a too serious route with a lot of it and this honestly just looked like it, it was just it was just like a, a time loop that just sort of like fell into this one little pocket of war that was going on. It was just like a fun movie to watch. Like it it wasn't, it didn't feel like saying this is a zombie movie where at the end you, it like takes you somewhere else and there's another lab that's like starting the circle all over again. Like it, it wraps itself up. And it just sort of moves on with itself, and I think it's great. Yeah, it's a very self self contained story. Ugh, self contained story, and that's why I feel like even the like I was expecting like a big credit scene or a post credit scene, but nothing I was happened. too. But I don't think there was one. 
Yeah, there wasn't one. And I was a little bit bummed, but at the same time, like, I was still very content. Like, okay, if this is just a one-and-done movie, like, yeah, I'll be... This, this is great. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say I don't think there was because I didn't bother to stay and watch. I remember I got kind of annoyed because I got up to leave and I see all these people that are sitting down still while the credits are rolling. I stayed because I wanted to take a look at the makeup artist that worked on the film because I follow a lot of practical effects makeup artists on and just general makeup artists in general on um, Instagram. And I wanted to see if I recognized any of the names. So I was waiting for those names to go by before we left. And I didn't see anybody that I would recognize. But as I was leaving, I looked at Tom and I said, the fuck are people doing still sitting down? This isn't a Marvel movie. Like, Well, that's the, I mean, that's the genius. Like Marvel figure out a way to like trick people into staying for the credits. <laughs> um, I mean, I think... I mean, yeah, I was staying to see if there was a credit scene too, but like, I I always like say, staying for the credits just to see, like, oh my god, like this this uh, this actor actress was awesome. I want to know who they are. And I know you have Google and the Wikipedia, but I just like I like sitting in the theater and like uh, you know just just giving tacit recognition to the. All the people who like made this movie possible. Everybody they, worked so hard in the movie, and Chris wants to give every single one of them credit. Yes, true facts. <laughs> um, oh man, but uh, yeah, like you're like, like, literally right? the only reason why I, I like went to go see this movie. I yes, I I will and I, be really honest. Like I saw, I remember I, seeing I'm the trailer glad. going. This looks fun, but I don't know if I want to go see it. I, I'm really glad, and I, I was, I, again, I've been excited for this movie ever since they first announced it after Par, uh, after Paradox, and I was like, ah, uh, like, like, I'm, I'm obsessed with zombies for one thing, and, um, but just add Nazi zombies, it's like, yes, I'm game, um, not to get too political, but... I think this movie was really cathartic. It's just a nice, clean, simple tale. Like, yes, Nazis are evil. Or Nazis are evil. Nazi zombies are even more evil. We need to punish them. We need to destroy them. Good. Yes. Good. It's a nice, yes, clean movie. Done. Thank you. <laughs> yes, justice has been served. Um, and I mean, we'll 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 get to it later. Um, uh, I guess it's a little bit of a, of a teaser for whenever we actually get around to recording this, but. Um, after, after watching Overlord, um, I got really curious about like just other Nazi zombies in film and it has a really deep and exciting story history, like tracing back all the way to the forties and, uh, around when, uh, a little bit before the world war two was happening. So it was, that was a really surprising fact. Like I didn't, I thought Nazi zombies as a, topic or subject was a lot i thought it was like something pretty recent but no it was it's been around since the 40s and also i'm a big fan of like college zombies and um that's a big part of my like uh college life like one of my best friends like are are one of our defining foundations of friendship which is playing an entire summer of of like Call of Duty's zombies mode together and just it's just uh, it's uh, just of re- course it was I know it's, it's so yeah so um I'm really excited 
Um, and there's, there's a lot of really cool, really pulpy, B-rated Nazi zombie movies out there. And Overlord's like the most recent one in, in this chain. And I think it just, it does it really well. It, it just, um, it's just a fun, pulpy, campy, tongue-in-cheek movie. Um, I, 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 I appreciate kind of like that. Yes, definitely. Um, I like how it, the movie's definitely self-aware of itself. It leans into the, like, the absurdity of, like, Nazi zombies, but it still plays it straight at the same time. So it becomes, like, this really cool experience where, like, yes, it's horrifying, but yes, it's, like, like, it's just, like, a really fun romp of a time, so. I really, I have to say, I really liked... I really sort of liked the way it was aware of its own ridiculousness at points. When they bring the soldier back to life, everyone's like, what the hell is happening? They had a very human response to seeing someone who was dead five seconds before that. Yeah, and Chase is like, uh, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and he chugs the entire canteen. And he's like, uh, my my head hurts. And he starts like bashing his head against the... Against, uh, um, a post. Oh, yeah. And then it just, and it turns from, like, funny to, like, oh, shit, scary, where... Like, like really, he, really quickly. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, so good. I think my one, my one tiny complaint Wait a minute, is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For 20, it took 21 episodes for us to get to a point where I have no, no complaints about no, a movie and no, you no. have one little teeny tiny one. I, no, I think this movie needed more Nazi zombies and more gore. Like, I just needed more. It's more oh of a good thing. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I, I... Okay, well, not this. Not to say... not, not this, this one would drop down my rating. If, if I'm going to give this movie a rating, I'm going to give it like... like like six out of five, you know. <laughs> uh, um, but I just wanted more. Like I would, I at the end of the movie, I just craved more. Like, oh, give me more Nazi zombies and more exploding and more filling doors. But maybe too much of a good thing is a bad thing. But like, I just, it just. I mean, and I don't know. I just, I just wanted more because like I was just having so much of a good time. I didn't want the end and. I guess I, I I also I mean I was super excited for I, I like I gobble up the trailer, um, but I kind of wish the trailer kept out the uh, the scene where Captain Boffner turns around and he's smiling. That's a very iconic shot, and that was like the the big reveal, quote unquote. Yeah, but they did a really good job of hiding that other crazy fucking zombie that they had in that movie. Who scared me more than Final Boss Man? I know. I, I mean, I know, like, they had to include Final Boss Man, or they had to include that very iconic shot just to grab people's attentions in the, during the trailers or during the promo. I was like, oh, I, I still really enjoyed it. It's like, oh man, just, uh, I, I thought, I, I, maybe, I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker, I'm not a, I'm not a PR guy. Maybe they could have played it a little bit closer to the vest. Uh, with that reveal, but it was still, oh man, I don't know. I just, this is, this is coming from a good place. I just, I just love this movie and I just wanted more Nazi zombies and more gore and more practical effects and more of that amazing stuff. But now you're totally if JJ right. turn, turned around and said, okay, we're going to make an overlord too. What would, how would you feel about it? Uh, if they took their time with it, like if I don't want 
it to come out immediately like next year like maybe come out in, like 2020 um, well how long did this movie take i don't know uh let's see the original the initial story of the film was conceived by jj abrams and billy ray uh paramount acquired the film in 2017 and on february 1st uh 2017 bad robot and paramount pictures announced that avery would direct the film a little under two years i think like at least a year and a half so let's say they took a year and a half to make a sequel would you be okay with that or do you think that it's such a standalone that it doesn't need it and that it was, I think you know I think if they preserved like well JJ stays on I think the screenwriter they should stay on I think you know if they kept like the original creative team like yes you might you might have to switch up actors and actresses so obviously Wyatt wouldn't come back unless that's the twist maybe Wyatt survived oh I, I don't know um and find out that what's his face lied about what was underneath. Yeah, the so rubble? so maybe. Yeah, so maybe I don't know. Maybe like this is like a couple years after D Day. You're just getting you're getting mysterious reports that people are dying um, in France. People are dying. Like like platoon, platoons are going missing. Um and oh, you know what? You know what? How I mean I I know this is getting to like red versus dead or dead snow territory, but let's say this is after World War Two, the co- like uh, the Soviets, the communists, uh, like you had like Russian agents like on uh, who also participated um, in like similar operations around D Day. I don't know maybe it, maybe it comes down to Boyce and some of the uh, original survivors to um, go they back. Get- well, they they get they hear word of uh like weird stuff that happened on D Day, um, and they they I don't know like the Soviets like kidnap they like Boyce and like uh, uh, some of the original party from the first movie, and they force them back into the underground. Oh, you know what? I'm getting scrambled. You know, okay. You know what? Maybe you're getting scrambled because you know deep down. That there's nothing wrong with it, and it doesn't need. It's not. I mean, this is true. I mean, like, I, I get. I mean, this is straight up copying like Red versus Dead uh, or Dead Snow Two, Red versus Dead. But I would be interested in seeing like um, maybe after the fall of the German, uh, when the when German when Germany surrenders in World War Two, um, uh, and like some Nazis flee, uh, some of them go to. Do, um south america maybe have like a nazi scientist who was aware of the original project he gets kidnapped by soviets and the soviets start producing their own their own uh super soldier zombies although now like now i think about it like it does just does a false flight it's like straight up copying red versus dead and like oh you know what okay i don't want a sequel i don't know I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I'm on the spot. I can't. I, 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 I'm not. All these ideas to come in my brain out of my mouth are not satisfactory. So, um, I don't know. Ryan, same question. I'm so flustered right now. Okay. In all honesty, I, I don't think that they should get a sequel. I think that movies like this exist for a reason. To be a one shot. But then again, I think a lot of people thought the same thing about Cloverfield and look what happened. Unless you make it, 
So Cloverfield happened and then 10 Cloverfield Lane happened. And when you're watching 10 Cloverfield Lane, other than the title, you don't understand what the connection is between the two movies until the very end. If Overlord did something like that, like to that effect, it could be taking place at the exact same time, but somewhere completely different and you would have no idea. That's one thing. Like, I got the funny suspense, and I think that this was a feeling you were supposed to get, but at the end of the movie, when his superior officer says, was there anything down there that we should know about? There's two ways, there's two reasons why he could be asking that. Number one, he's asking that as a follow-up because it's his job. Number two, he already knew that there was something down there and he wanted to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. Or he was was testing voice. Maybe. So there's that side of it too. If they made an Overlord 2 and it was the Americans trying their hand at this ship, because is it Wyatt Russell's character even says, our side shouldn't get this shit either. Like, this is going to stay down here with me. So if they did something like that, I think a sequel could work really, really well. But that's not, that's not to say that I want one. I don't. If it was going to happen, that would be, in a, for me as a, as a viewer, would be an acceptable way for it to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not a direct sequel, but like a... A like, same well, universe I mean, sequel. Yes, it's really hard because I want more. And I definitely, I, I was, um, I, de- I, I definitely want to see Overlord again. I didn't get a chance to see it a second time before we were recording this. Um, Chris, that's but- okay, I forgive you. It's just so much fun, and um, it just ignited like this this longing to like rewatch like Dead Snow, and we'll we'll definitely cover that in the future. And um, I started watching let's plays of uh, of the Wolfenstein video game series, which has a very similar uh, flavor. It's just like like alternate history where the Nazis uh, are using or experimenting with supernatural. Uh, forces um the uh, what's it called return to castle wolfenstein uh it's like the closest one to this movie because it's um the one game that um taps into this trope of nazis uh using occultism and cool uh, yeah so oh so good and we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that in the in our future nazi zombie episode whenever we get around to it but oh god this movie's so good oh man i just i just okay yeah i just want more chris want you more, seem like I... perpetually flustered by all of this like because i'm, I'm flustered because i love it so much and i want so more but too much of it's a good thing it's a bad thing or like i but yeah so. okay <laughs> yes anyway and like i'm just so pleased that this movie's been getting a lot of positive reviews like for the most part, most people are really grabbing towards like its B-rated campiness. I think it just provides a. I mean, it's not it's not a unique idea, um, but I think it's an idea that it's just executed really well. It ha- it has new tricks, you know. Um, you know, God bless JJ and uh, the director for sticking to practical effects because I I legit did not know that Chase. That chasing was was a prosthetics and puppets and like that's just oh, libations so creepy, but in the best way possible. I that's one of my favorite things that practical effects can do is 
they do something and it unnerves you that you can, you cringe and you feel the whole audience do it too and you have that audible reaction to it. And while CGI does do the trick as well, I feel like nothing, because of how realistic a practical effect can be, I feel like nothing will ever truly make your skin crawl like a practical effect. And like watching that and looking at his mangled, nasty ass face at the end of it, oh. Oh, so good. Well, I mean, I I don't really have anything more to say. It's just, I have nothing about, but good things to say about this movie. I, yeah, it's just, it's just, we, I, this movie is great. It left Nazi Chris song. speechless, clearly. Yes, yeah, seriously. Um, I'm just craving to watch it again and then consume more pulpy Nazi zombie movies and... <laughs> And there's there's quite a few. Um, I uh, we can we'll get to that in a future episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because Dead Snow. So here's my thing with Dead Snow is I tried to watch it. I got about forty five minutes in and then gave up, oh, which was like fifteen but... minutes away from zombies. Oh man, um, Dead Snow. I, I'll I'll give it this. It's a lot more campier. It just it dragged quite a bit. But I will watch it again for you, Chris. Oh, thank you. But now I really just want to see how it measures up to... Overlord. Overlord. Overlord's the new standard for Nazi zombie movies. I, yeah, I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah. True facts. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I give it my rating. I'll give it a 6 out of 5. Uh, zombification vials. Zombification vials. <laughs> What's your rating? I will give it a 5 out of 5. Excellent. Uh, go watch Overlord. It is fantastic. Uh, it's still in theaters as Chris we're recording this. it. This, yes, yes. I demand it. And that's your homework assignment. Go watch <laughs> Overlord and go watch Things Killing because that's our next bonus episode. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Okay, so just the very short Spark Notes version of what Things Killing is about. Things Killing is about a possessed turkey that goes after five college kids so it's very good do with that what you will uh, holiday horror movies are amazing holiday movies involving food is it's, it's great too and like um thanks killing is on amazon prime and um i remember us mentioning this before but also on amazon prime is the movie slice which is about a demonically possessed pizza pie that goes around killing people. Oh my god, no. Uh, yes, we need to watch it. For what? Need... <laughs> for, for in a future episode. <laughs> Come is on. Is there like an international day of pizza we could watch that for? <laughs> uh, you know what? We have the interwebs. Oh, let's see. Uh, pizza day. Because I, I was looking through Amazon Prime and it showed. I was like, oh my god, it's on Prime. I forgot about this movie, but not really. And I need it now in my life. So I haven't watched it yet. I think we in the, On this show, we love... Well, I love bad horror movies. I'm not sure about Ryan. I do. <laughs> I just... It, I guess it has to be a specific kind of bad, if that makes sense. Yes. Oh, okay. So, Ryan, uh, good news... On February 9th, it's National Pizza Day. So, Great. on February 9th... It, on February 9th, we're going to be doing Slice. Done. Yes, yes. Um, because I know we're going to be watching My Bloody Valentine. 
for Valentine's Day. Now the question is, will we will we be watching the original or the remake? Both. Why not both? Okay, it's a little too much, my bloody Valentine. It was a very predictable okay. movie. Okay. What are you, you're the I don't know, you're the professional. I I leave that to your discretion. Um, I mean, I guess okay. So I okay, we'll talk about this after because I would just <laughs> spoil the whole fucking thing, and I'm not gonna do that. Yet. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I know this is a little bit off topic, but this is a, this is yeah, this is leopard drag. We we like tangents. So here's the synopsis for Slice. So mark your calendars for February 9th, kiddos. Um, a quote, in a spooky small town, when a slew of pizza delivery boys are slain on the job, two daring survivors, Atlanta's Zazie Beats and Chance the Rapper, in a wild film debut, set out to catch the culprits behind that cryptic crime spree. So, I need this in my life, right now. Also, this, this I don't, I mean, Ryan, the... We pre- be prepared. This might be a bad, bad movie. Like Uncle on Amazon, Sam. Like, may- like Uncle Sam or maybe Deathbed. Um, on Amazon Prime, it has a rating of 4.5 out of 10. <laughs> I'm excited, though. Well, I mean, don't judge a, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Oh, so, my yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. So, Jeffles, you can't see. This is not a video podcast, but just... Ryan palmed herself in the face. I did. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, uh, where can Dreadfuls find uh, us on the interwebs? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram. Yeah, at Left for Dread Pod. So just just type in Left for Dread Pod or just insert Left for Dread, Left for Dread Pod. That's after. where we at. That's where we at. Um, and whatever podcast player you're listening to us on, like iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, um, give us a, a like, rate, a good rating, um, and, uh, constructive criticism, especially on iTunes. iTunes is really important, um, to help spread the show. So give us five stars if you, uh, enjoyed our show and, uh, leave us a comment, leave us a, uh, leave us a positive, or constructive criticism or rating uh, we're always looking to improve the show and always trying on new things always tacking on new topics and new new things to talk about so uh we would love to hear from you and if uh you still have if you're still having trouble locating our show through any of those platforms um you could always copy and paste our rss feed into your podcast player of choice and you'll be subscribed and you'll never miss an episode and we have a lot of exciting episodes um so for this week uh or later this week our bonus episode for thanksgiving we'll be watching thanks killing which is available on amazon prime so go right ahead and and be, uh, marathon to that movie and before you know it we'll have our special thanksgiving episode out for you yes okay yes so until then Stay dreadful! <laughs>